This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepy pastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Squidward Suicide I just want to start off by saying, if you want an answer at the end, prepare to be disappointed. There just isn't one. I was an intern at Nickelodeon Studios for a year in 2005 for my degree in animation. It wasn't paid, of course, most internships aren't, but it did have some perks beyond education. To adults, it might not seem like a big one, but most kids at the time will go crazy over it. Now, since I worked directly with the editors and animators, I got to view the new episodes days before they aired. I'll get right to it without giving too many unnecessary details. They very recently made the Spongebob movie, and the entire staff was somewhat sapped of creativity, so it took them longer to start up the season. But the delay lasted longer for more upsetting reasons. There was a problem with the Series 4 premiere that set everyone and everything back for several months. Me and two other interns were in the editing room, along with the lead animators and sound editors for the final cut. We received the copy that was supposed to be Fear of a Krabby Patty, and gathered around the screen to watch. Now given that it isn't final yet, the animators often put up a mock title card, sort of an inside joke for us, with phony, oftentimes lewd titles, such as How Sex Doesn't Work, instead of Rockabye Bivalve when Spongebob and Patrick adopt a sea scallop. Nothing particularly funny, but work-related chuckles. So when we saw the title card Squidward Suicide, we didn't think it more than a morbid joke. One of the interns did a small throat laugh at it. The happy-go-lucky music plays as is normal. The story begins with Squidward practicing his clarinet, hitting a few sour notes like normal. We hear Spongebob laughing outside, and Squidward stops, yelling at him to keep it down as he has a concert that night and needs to practice. Spongebob says okay, and goes to see Sandy with Patrick. The bubble splash screen comes up, and we see the ending of Squidward's concert. This is where things began to seem off. While playing, a few frames repeat themselves, but the sound doesn't. At this point, sound is synced up with the animation, so yes, that's not common. But when he stops playing, the sound finishes as if the skip never happened. There's a slight murmuring in the crowd before they begin to boo him. Not normal cartoon booing that's common in the show, but you could very clearly hear malice in it. Squidward's in full frame and looks visibly afraid. The shot goes to the crowd with Spongebob in center frame, and he too is booing. Very much unlike him. This isn't the oddest thing though. What is odd is everyone has hyper-realistic eyes. Very detailed. Clearly not shots of real people's eyes, but something a bit more real than CGI. The pupils were red. Some of us looked at each other, obviously confused, but since we weren't the writers, we didn't question its appeal to children yet. The shot goes to Squidward sitting on the edge of his bed, looking very forlorn. The view out of his porthole window is of a night sky, so it isn't very long after the concert. The unsettling part is at this point, there is no sound. Literally no sound. 
not even the feedback from the speakers in the room. It's as if the speakers were turned off, though their status showed them working perfectly. He just sat there blinking in the silence for about 30 seconds, then he started to sob softly. He put his hands, tentacles, over his eyes and cried quietly for a full minute more. All the while, the sound in the background very slowly growing from nothing to barely audible. It sounded like a slight breeze through a forest. The screen slowly begins to zoom in on his face. By slow, I mean it's only noticeable if you look at shots ten seconds apart side by side. His sobbing gets louder, more full of hurt and anger. The screen then twitches a bit, as if it twists in on itself for a split second, then back to normal. The wind through the tree sound gets slowly louder and more severe, as if a storm is brewing somewhere. The eerie part is the sound and Squidward sobbing sounded real. As if the sound wasn't coming from the speakers, but as if the speakers were holes the sound was coming through from the other side. As good as the sound as the studio likes to have, they don't purchase equipment to be that good to produce sound at that quality. Below the sound of the wind and the sobbing, very faint, something sounded like laughing. It came at odd intervals and never lasted more than a second, so you had a hard time pinning it. We watched this show twice, so pardon me if things sound too specific, but I had time to think about them. After 30 seconds of this, the screen blurred and twitched violently, and something flashed over the screen, as if a single frame was replaced. The lead animation editor paused and rewound frame by frame. What we saw... It was horrible. It was a still photo of a dead child. He couldn't have been more than six. The face was mangled and bloodied. One eye dangled over his upturned face, popped. He was naked down to his underwear. His stomach crudely cut open, and his entrails laying beside him. He was laying on some pavement that was probably a road. The most upsetting part was that there was a shadow of the photographer. There was no crime tape, no evidence tags or markers, and the angle was completely off for a shot designed to be evidence. It would seem the photographer was the person responsible for the child's death. We were of course mortified, but pressed on, hoping this was just a sick joke. The screen flipped back to Squidward, still sobbing, louder than before, and half-body in frame. There was now what appeared to be blood running down his face from his eyes. The blood was also done in a hyper-realistic style, looking as if you touched it. You'd get blood on your fingers. The wind sounded now as if it were that of a gale blowing through the forest. There were even snapping sounds of branches. The laughing, a deep baritone, lasting longer intervals and coming more frequently. After about 20 seconds, the screen again twisted and showed a single photo. The editor was reluctant to go back. We all were, but he knew he had to. This time, the photo was that of what appeared to be a little girl. No older than the first child. She was laying on her stomach. Her breath's in a pool of blood next to her. 
her left eye was too popped out and popped naked except for underpants. Her entrails were piled on top of her above another crude cut along her back. Again, the body was on the street and the photographer's shadow was visible. Very similar in size and shape to the first. I had to choke back vomit and one intern, the only female in the room, ran out. The show resumed. About five seconds after the second photo played, Squidward went silent, as did all sound. Like it was when this scene started. He put his tentacles down and his eyes were now done in hyper-realism like the others were in the beginning of this episode. They were bleeding, bloodshot, and pulsating. He just stared at the screen as if watching the viewer. After about ten seconds, he started sobbing, this time not covering his eyes. The sound was piercing and loud and most fear-inducing of all as his sobbing was mixed with screams. The wind sound came back and so did the deep voice laughing and this time the still photo lasted for a good five frames. The animator was able to stop it on the fourth and backed up. This time the photo was of a boy, about the same age, but this time the scene was different. The entrails were just being pulled out from the stomach wound by a large hand. The right eye popped and dangling, blood trickling down it. The animator proceeded. It was hard to believe, but the next one was different. But we couldn't tell what. He went on to the next. Same thing. He went back to the first and played them quicker. And I lost it. I vomited on the floor... The animating song is gasping at the screen. The five frames were not as if they were five different photos. They were playing out as if they were frames from a video. We saw the hands slowly lift out the cuts. We saw the kid's eyes focus on it. He even saw two frames of the kid beginning to blink. The lead sound editor told us to stop. He had to call in the creator to see this. Mr. Hillenberg arrived within about 15 minutes. He was confused as to why he was called down there, so the editor just continued the episode. Once a few frames were shown, all screaming, all sound again stopped. Squidward was just staring at the viewer. Full frame of the face for about three seconds. The shot quickly panned out and that deep voice said, Do it. And we see in Squidward's hands a shotgun. He immediately puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. Realistic blood and brain matter splatters the wall behind him and his bed, and he flies back with the force. The last five seconds of this episode show his body on the bed. On his side, one eye dangling on what's left of his head above the floor, staring blankly at it. Then the episode ends. Mr. Hillenberg is obviously angry at this. He demanded to know what the heck was going on. Most people left the room at this point, so it was just a handful of us to watch it again. Viewing the episode twice only served to imprint the entirety of it in my mind and caused me horrible nightmares. I'm sorry I stayed. The only theory we could think of was that the file was edited by someone in the chain from the drawing studio to here. The CTO was called in to analyze when it happened. The analysis of the file did show it was edited over by new material. However, the timestamp of it was a mere 24 seconds before we began viewing it. 
All equipment involved was examined for foreign software and hardware as well as glitches, as if the timestamp may have glitched and showed the wrong time. But everything checked out fine. We didn't know what happened and to this day nobody does. There was an investigation due to the nature of the photos. But nothing came of it. No child scene was identified and no clues were gathered from the data involved nor physical clues in the photos. I never believed in unexplained phenomena before. But now that I have something happen and I can't prove anything about it beyond anecdotal evidence, I think twice about things. This episode of Creepy is presented by the Fiona Potts Interview. What is this? It has been dated to be between 800 and 1,000 years old. Well, what's the worst they can do? Uh, I don't know. Kill you, maybe? Make it look like a heart attack? You're kidding, right? I was scared. Not of what I'd seen, but scared of what might happen because I'd seen it. I wasn't supposed to be there. Not in that room. So you're saying it was your secret? What do they want to use it for? To fight, Fee. That's what it always comes down to in the end. Fighting and power. Dennis, I think it's time. Time? Time? Time for what, Fee? For me to tell you why I'm really here. Hi! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Can I ask a Fee question? Well, you sure can. Hi, Fee. This is Jess. You don't know me, but I think I know who you saw. The Fiona Potts Interview is a Rick Coast production. Learn more at modernaudiodrama.com. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at creepypod at gmail.com All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object class Euclid Keter Safe Special containment procedures <laughs> Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.